Hello there, and welcome to this new episode of Leadership Conversations with Kemi Ogunkoya, your weekly supercharged transformational show for business leaders like you who are ready to build smart, visionary, and adaptive leadership skills to do their current job more effectively and seamlessly take on higher positions of leadership. On this show, we take you on a journey with inspiring, transformational, and authentic leaders with stories that inspire, principles that catalyze, and insights that will transform your life and business forever. Are you ready to dive in? Join the conversation and let the show begin. Hi, hello, wonderful viewers and listeners. Welcome to Leadership Conversations with Kemi Ogunkoya. Today, you're on to another wonderful episode, and I have a very special guest with me in the studio today. Her name is Dudu Nsomi, and she is the founder and CEO of Vasari Leadership Partners, a research-oriented strategic advisory and consulting company. Um, you know, Vasari Leadership Partners is a boutique firm of new generation individuals steeped in qualifications, experience, and capabilities that are driven by performing and achieving measurable results and making a difference in everything they do. Um, and they have been in operation since 2009. Thank you very much, Dudu, for coming on Leadership Conversations. It's such a great honor to have you here today. Thank you so much for the invitation. You're, you are absolutely welcome. So, Dudu, we would like to get to know you a lot more. You have such an amazing and extensive profile, and we would love to hear more about you from you. <laughs> it's never good to talk about yourself. It's always better when somebody uh, introduces you. So, Dudu is Zulu. It means uh, comforter. Um, and uh, am, uh, oh, I have been in this space of leadership since 2009, as you said. Um, I consider myself an expert generalist. And what I mean about that is that I have, I breadth and depth of knowledge across different disciplines, across different qualifications, which I hope makes me help, helps me to strike a good balance between um, depth and breadth in terms of advising clients, in terms of management, leadership, strategy, and governance issues. Um, I work mainly with leaders uh, and in my world the definition of leaders is board members management and entrepreneurs uh, yeah i think for now that's what i can share about myself hi <laughs> thank you very much um for sharing that and like i said it's such a great honor and a great privilege to have you on the show today um, I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation and our listeners are eagerly waiting to, you know, just soak up so much from you and so am I. And, you know, the first question I would like to ask will be about leadership, which, um, you know, is, a, is an area that you are really grounded and, you know, a great expert at. Now, in the past, a lot of people have considered leadership to be about charisma to be about intelligence to be about personality traits and you know that the key to effective leadership really centers around some of those in fact 
um, it's been uh, it's been uh, attributed by some that leadership is more about your inborn characteristics, you know, and there's been that school of thoughts around are leaders made or are they born, you know, what are the skills, what are the traits that really make up for great leadership. Uh, so I would like to know what your thoughts are, you know, when it comes to building effective leaders or grooming effective leaders, what do you think matters most? Are they the innate traits or, you know, the learned traits? Well, I've decided to turn the entire conversation around. Um, in the work that I do, I do a lot of work around personal leadership. And I've, I've come up with my own definition of what leadership is. And then we can talk uh, about. So uh, uh, my definition, which is copyright to do so many the ability to direct, to shape, and to influence into the future a new and unknown reality. And in that definition, as you can see, Kemi, there is nothing that talks about position. There is nothing that talks about title. So I've come to learn over the years that leadership is not about a position. First of all, you must first be able to lead yourself. Um, that is why personal leadership is in the foremost of any um, conversation around leadership. Uh, we talk about in order to be a leader, you must have followers. Um, I believe that if you do not have yourself as your own follower, then you have a problem, which is why we at this point in time having people who are following so-called leaders blindly because they themselves don't have in their core their ability to lead themselves. So I don't put much stock in in like um, the discussions around whether they are born or whether they are made because I think sometimes circumstances um, cause you to 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 rise to the occasion. Um, we always um, refer to our Madiba, um, our first president, uh, um, you know, Mr. Nelson Mandela. And the question is, was he born a leader or did the circumstances bring up the leadership qualities in him? And most of us, you'll find that if, it's, if you're not talking in the context of corporate, many of us become leaders because of the circumstances. Um, so... I think it will be very uh, short-sighted of me to be naming traits because I think in the era of Donald Trump, we've all become very circumspect about what qualities leaders should have. I don't think we have any of those. But the one thing I would like to say in the context of good leadership, one thing I think is non-negotiable is ethics. Leaders need to be ethical. So we can talk more about that. What what does it mean to be an ethical leader? Mm, fantastic. And, you know, I, I totally do agree with you uh, because I, I also work with leaders. I coach, I train leaders. And I say that most often than not, an area that seems to be neglected a lot of times is when, when we talk about leadership, 
it's really about the place of character and leadership. So I hear um, a lot of people talk about the place of vision, the place of charisma, uh, the ability of a leader to be able to influence others, um, you know, the ability to negotiate, to be able to communicate effectively, and quite a couple of other things. Uh, but I, I see that conversations around the place of ethics, the place of character is usually undermined. Now, why yeah. do you think that seems to be the case? And what can we do to start driving conversations around, um, you know, just ensuring that the place of um, character is not undermined when we talk about leadership? We also have to have appreciation when we're talking ethics. Um, that sometimes when you say ethics, people think religion or think morality. I think there is a place um, when we talk ethics, which is about universal principles, just universal principles which go beyond religion. Just when you answer, is this good or bad? Is this right or wrong? Um, there are areas that are universally true, regardless of our cultures, regardless of our nations. Um, so ethical leadership also can have a context um, that it can evolve with the values of a society. So when you talk about um, slavery, I'm sure there were so-called good leaders in the era of slavery. Uh, and if we evaluate them now, we would not see them as good leaders at all uh, because society's values also change. Uh, so I think that's part of why people tend to steer away from using ethical uh, conduct as a way of uh, deciding whether somebody is a good leader or not. But in our context, I think in the 21st century, it really has come to the forefront because of the impact leaders have in terms of our livelihood, in terms of just the conditions of the world. You can just see, looking at our world today, uh, even though a pandemic has happened, uh, we have COVID-19, you think of how the different countries have handled this pandemic also depends largely on the quality of leadership. Um, so I think the character has come to the forefront a lot um, in the 21st century. So for me, when you talk about African leaders particularly, because when you look at us on, on the global stage, we're not seen as uh, exemplary, an exemplary continent, which is why we had the American um, president having the audacity to call our countries the SO countries, which I will not uh, repeat. Um, and when we look at um, a definition of ethical leadership, um, I'm, I'm informed a lot by um, what Raymond Ackerman um, propagated in South Africa. He was the leader and uh, he was the CEO of Pick and Pay. He was the founder of Pick and Pay, which is a retail store. And he used to talk a lot about enlightened self-interest. And in that context, you're talking about, you look at what's in your own interest, but you also look at what serves others as well. And I think when we're talking Africa, that's what we should be talking about. Nobody's saying that leaders and individuals shouldn't progress materially, 
but they should not do it at the expense of their people. And that's what we have not been doing very well in Africa. Fantastic. Thank, thank you very much um, for that. And, and I found that really, really interesting uh, because it seems that generally on the African continent, we seem to be in very peculiar times. Um, you know, just a, a dive on Twitter uh, last week, um, you know, there were quite a lot of hashtags buzzing from different countries in Africa, um, in Nigeria, you have the ANSAS movement, uh, you have the Congo is bleeding, you have shut it all down, you have uh, Namibia, you know, crisis, you have Anglophone crisis, you know, you have, um, you know, you know it, there just seems to be a lot of outcry, you know, an outpour of emotions, um, dissatisfaction around where leadership is headed, uh, you know, and I know that pretty much it all falls and starts on, you know, pretty much just rests on the shoulder of leadership, right? And looking at it from the African context um, in, in relation to what you just said about, um, you know, leadership, here in Africa, what exactly do our leaders need to start doing to change the narrative um, around what leadership really entails? And, and I, I, I think that's, that's um, an area that I'd like you to, to talk to us about. What do our leaders really think, need to start yeah. doing? You know, I think the starting point everybody should ask is, why, why do you deserve to be followed? why do you deserve to be a leader? I think a lot of people that take on uh, the role and the position usually come from being self-serving. Um, they assume uh, that just because they have a position and a title that they have, um, they can, um, you know, have my respect and they take that for granted. And, and it is our fault, um, the followers, the citizens that have allowed that to happen. So where we should start uh, is for every individual to ask, why do I deserve the honor? Because it is an honor and a privilege to, to be able to direct and lead and influence people uh, to whatever vision, um, even to even have the 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 respect of people wanting to follow whatever vision you have um so that's my starting point but the second part when it comes to africans uh we talk a lot in this context of 2020 about black lives matter on the african continent not just in the american context um especially after uh the the incredible atrocities that happened on American soil, I saw for the first time on the African continent, also as fighting and, and being very unhappy about it. But as much as we all asking Black Lives Matter, I want us to ask, do we matter to ourselves? And I'm finding that answer when we look at how we are as a continent, very uncomfortable, because I'm not sure that us amongst ourselves and within ourselves, we believe that we matter, which is why we elect the leadership we have and the leadership 
has the audacity to treat us the way that they do. Um, so mm. that should be our starting point as Africans. We, do we matter to ourselves? And if we do matter to ourselves, we will elect, elect the right leaders that care for us. Look after your interests in terms of progressing in life, in terms of uh, having a you know progressive quality of life, but don't do it at the expense. I mean, the billions that we spend as Africans and, you know, which we call corruption, um, instead of building the infrastructure, instead of building the quality of lives of Africans, I mean, it's just, it boggles my mind. How do we sleep with each other or with ourselves um, as human beings? Just before you even think of us as Africans, just as human beings. How do you put your head on the pillow and sleep properly? Um, so those are the conversations I would like Africans to start engaging around. The whole thing around traits and whether we're born or not born, it doesn't matter. What are we doing? When we get those positions, do we deserve them? And what are we doing to, to, to improve the lives of people? Right, right, great, um, and great, great conversations. And you know, and I really love when you talk about the place of the citizens. Um, you know, getting to that sense of awareness, also waking up and rising up to the place of duty and responsibility. You know, because I, I think that even as citizens of um, the different countries that we belong to, we also have a level of responsibility that lies on us to ensure that we're you know, feeding in the right people, uh, we hold them accountable, and then we're also playing our own roles as um, citizens. In fact, I, I wrote a book um, called The Leadership Guardian, and one of the chapters um, in the book is called Citizen Leadership, right? And which means that getting people to that point of awareness where they know that wherever they have found themselves uh, right now in terms of national leadership they also have contributed greatly to that yeah uh, what yeah an interesting yeah. conversation around that is a place of um self-awareness really for citizens uh within the context of uh you know leadership within their countries so a lot of people will say that you cannot give what you don't have and um you know the, the leaders probably do not even know so much to be able to give so much now when it comes to the place of citizens for example um within these countries how can we get people to that place of awareness because a lot of times i think that um maybe perhaps the citizens don't even know that they have um you know that they, that they have that level of duty and responsibility or they're not even aware of what um they carry inside of them so how are yeah. we able to ensure that we raise that level of consciousness and people are more aware enough to know what the responsibility and duties are as it has to do with them and also just stepping up and you know not being used to the used to the norm as we've known it yeah i think the one thing we should never do and which we have done as africans is to undermine the impact of colonialism and apartheid it has destroyed the essence of who we are 
and the appreciation of who we are. And I think for generations now, we've we fought a, for political freedom. And economic freedom has been elusive, largely because that comes from your identity, the appreciation of the identity that you have and that you are. I can't remember the saying or the story around the elephant that didn't know that it was no longer trained and uh, didn't move. I think that's where we are. We may, may think, we may know intellectually that in many countries we are free, but we really have not taken it to heart to understand the power of what that means. And with power comes responsibility. I, a lot of us uh, have abdicated our lives to others. In the past, we, we fought Europeans to regain our dignity and our freedom. We are struggling to now fight people that look like us who are delaying our true freedom, because I really believe we're not free until we can decide our own destinies. Um, so it really comes from every African child, every African human being on this continent and outside, really understanding that we are equal. Because I think there's an essence of us that really doesn't believe that we are equal, that we are deserving. Um, I was just having discussions with some MBA classmates um, some time back um, and talking, especially in South Africa, you you really did not see large numbers of white people begging in the streets. Uh, over the last few years, uh, you've started seeing that. And we were talking about how other Africans African people feel uncomfortable when they see white people begging, and yet when they see another African begging, they think that's normal. There is something very wrong, very wrong with us. Um, there is um, a lot that we have to do internally for our power to show externally. The, the, we have to go back to the drawing board and regain, um, you know, the power in, in, in inside. Um, and understand that we have been damaged, which is why we also tend to um, fight more with each other as Africans um, than we would with other races, um, because we we don't we don't give each other the respect that we give other races, unfortunately. So let's go back to the drawing board and regain and know. The starting point is we are equal. So that's just, it's a given. How do we then live out that equality and and give ourselves the dignity? The idea that I need a white person to affirm me and give me the dignity, it's just, its I, I don't understand it. I, I need to give myself uh, the dignity and to respect myself and the way I make decisions as a leader whether I'm in business or in politics or in civil society, will show how I respect myself. And 
at the moment we make decisions that uh, are not showing respect for who we are. There is no way I can be a billionaire in a sea of poverty and feel good. It just, um, it just amazes me that we do, that people with all the wealth uh, will not mind passing potholes, would not mind passing slums. Uh, you can fly in with your private jet. But, you know, when, when you go to Europe, they don't see you any differently, really, from the other people that are living in the slums. So we all should just lift each other up. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you very much for sharing that so profoundly. Um, so my next question is this, Juju. Whose responsibility is is this? You know, and when it seems like, um, you know, generally you look at the space and it seems like the government or, or those, in, those position of leadership are not really stepping up to um, the responsibility of ensuring that we're able to create that sense of identity uh, that's so grounded in our knowledge of self and our true words. So who exactly has to step to that um, podium to ensure that we're able to start driving this change um, that is absolutely necessary? I think everybody, it's everybody from home. You know, most times we start abdicating to schools, which is not correct. This all, it starts at, in, in our homes, it's in our schools, it's in every situation where we gather, where we have the ability to teach each other. Um, uh, yeah, uh, we just don't have those honest conversations enough, uh, I, I find. We, 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 we skirt around the issues. <laughs> um, we don't call each other out. Um, on what I call our own nonsense. Um, and so in every arena, wherever human beings congregate, um, in my world, I work a lot with mentees. Um, so, and it's my mentees are not always younger than me. Sometimes they are my age and sometimes they are older. Um, people that seem to enjoy the way I look at at life and the values that I espouse and and we engage around different things um, and a lot of my work is around personal leadership and it's about identity. I'm very proud to be African um, and I'm rooted in that because I know for sure when I'm in the US, in Australia, or anywhere in the world, when you look at me you know my origin is Africa. So it doesn't matter it doesn't matter whether you west africa south africa it doesn't matter for me i am african so conversations that i have whether it's mentoring or in coaching if somebody's interested in the identity thing so even if you're talking about leadership and, and performing effectively in your in, in, in your position you if you are not strong inwardly and you don't know who you are, it's very difficult to excel. Um, you know, whether you're a CEO or whatever executive position. So issues of identity and how you see yourselves are in everything that we do. So the starting point is wherever we gather, um, the one fascinating person I've met um, is Fela 
Duratoy. <laughs> I remember meeting him for dinner years ago, long before he decided to run for um, the presidency. And uh, he took out like piece of paper, he was drawing, talking about values, talking about the importance of what we should be in terms of our character in order to change this continent. And I remember after the conversation, uh, talking to his wife, Tara, and I was like, is this guy going to be the future president of Nigeria? She's like, why? What did you say? I was like, I have never seen any human being be so passionate about being African. I thought I was passionate African, but he is a passionate Nigerian first and a passionate African. You need people like that in every space that you're in. We call each other out. We, we challenge each other. We ask each other, what are you doing to lift up the image of Africans? And, oh. and for me, those are the conversations that I enrich in. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I can literally feel, you know, just how much you're passionate about this, um, about the things that you have shared with us so far, and, you know, um, all that you do, which is really amazing. And, you know, I'm, 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 we are curious, really, what has your journey to leadership been like, you know, because um, sometimes the environment or, you know, our, our immediate environment really has not prepared us, you know, for some of the roles and some of the responsibilities that we currently um, have been able to shoulder. So what has your personal journey been to who you are today? What has been those um, key moments that have shaped you and has transformed you to be this person who is rooted in identity as an African, who is a leadership development strategist and expert, and you know who is pretty much changing the narrative uh, for Africa and Africans. What has that journey been till today? I think first it starts with uh, the family that I'm from. Uh, my grandfather was Lancelot Peter Msomi, and he was actually the first African, I think, to speak in the South African Parliament, which obviously in the 40s excluded African people. Um, and uh, so I, as much as he passed away when I was one, I grew up with stories uh, of my heritage, which made me very proud. Um, and the learnings that I come with are you you cannot just do for yourself. Um, you can't just be focused on your financial well-being. You have to also look after your community. And my community is African. So that is my route. And, and then I was fortunate enough to have um, parents. I, I was fortunate enough to have parents um, that uh, protected protected my my uniqueness. And um, you know, sometimes as a child, as much as I was shy, I think I had an inward strength, and I always had a way of looking at the world and life differently. And um, they did not shut that off. You know, they allowed it to flourish. 
So by the time I got into the corporate world and was introduced to amazing mentors, um, my first uh, mentor was Mr. Zomodise, who was the chairman of the first organization that I worked with, which was Sachi and Sachi, and then the CEO, William Leach. Um, I, I mean, I just recently had the conversation with William Leach to say, why did you allow me to be the person that I am without forcing me to comply to a job description? And uh, he kind of said, you know, the minute you walked into the space, you just, you made us know that you were equal and you are equal to the task. So my leadership journey really has been through being allowed to be who I am and getting affirmation that my personal way of being is okay. It's not always easy because you also in spaces where ethics are not always appreciated, but um, I had enough um, things happening to affirm to me that life is worth sacrificing, that my identity is, well, is worth sacrificing for, that the dignity of being an African female and an African is worth sacrificing for. So sometimes the decisions that I've had to make have not had financial um, windfall and it was out of choice because I am changing the narrative that you do not have to be corrupt. You do not have to be a particular way. Power comes from your ability to influence and sometimes the ability to influence comes from people respecting you and you being consistent. People trusting that who you are and what they can get from you is consistent regardless. And and that's the narrative that I have been trying to change. I totally believe that powerful, powerful individuals that also are humble and ethical are the most intoxicating leaders we have today. And I am very, very determined to prove that. So the positions that I have obtained and the things that I continue to do in life, I do them in spite and despite of the values that I carry. And I will, you know, we, I may never be a billionaire, but that's okay. I have a, a good life. It could get better. So it's not like I'm closing myself to financial well-being. I'd love to have that, but I shall not do it at, at, at the expense of of the values and uh, uplifting myself as an African. Well, thank you very much uh, for sharing that with us. That is so profound. And, um, you know, just you talking around the place of values, 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 we cannot, um, you know, underestimate just how important our values shape us and transform us at and you know, just shape every other thing around us and can actually make us become better and also make other people become better. So thank you very much um, for sharing that with us. Now, we would like to know, you know, because we know you're a woman of so many colors, you're amazing, you know, and um, just before we let you go, we would like to know what you would consider as one of your 
favorite leadership quotes you know it could be a quote uh, by you <laughs> or from someone else and even if you don't do quotes that's okay but I what is one <laughs> if you follow me on social media i'd like put quotes quotes i think crystallize a lot of thoughts um so i love quotes the one that i enjoy it's not it, it's generic it's not necessarily just around leadership um, um it says one man and obviously as modern women we always say one woman okay mm -hmm. so but i'll go to the original quote it says one man cannot do right in one department of life whilst he is occupied in doing wrong in any other department life is one indivisible whole and that is from mahatma gandhi i love that because to me it reminds me every day that i am an integrated human being i cannot say i am doing something unethical and corrupt in the corporate space and yet at home i'm a good person it's just impossible we are one indivisible whole so I love that quote because it's actually my daily quote that I have on my calendar every day to remind me that whatever in whatever space I'm at, I'm in, I must be consistent and I must be the values that I treasure should be uh, exhibited wherever I am, even when it's difficult sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely, I absolutely agree with you on that. Uh, you know. So there's, there's something I say, I say that if there's a high level, if there's a wide disparity between who you are at home, who you are at work, and who you are when you show up to others, then there's absolutely something wrong somewhere. So uh, yeah. here you talk yeah. about the piece of consistency, and uh, really that's where we should all be as individuals, where there's that level of consistency across um, in every area of our lives, and we're able to also you know, as much as possible, attain a high level of integration across board in every facet of life. So thank you very much um, for that. I would also put that up um, on my page later this week as one of the quotes that, <laughs> you know, That's it. Yeah. from you. So thank you for sharing that. And now we know that you're, you know, you're really busy. So here you are talking about the board meetings that you have over the next week, you know, there are lots of engagement and there. So in all of this, how do you unwind? Well, my favorite thing to do, which during lockdown was like a nightmare not to be able to do. So I do reflexology. I have to do it twice or so a month. Um, sometimes once a month. I have to have a massage. So I, I love Thai massage particularly, though in Lagos I had the best Balinese uh, massage ever. I, and, wow. and, I, and I said to the lady, if ever I go to Bali and they don't give me this quality, and she was a Nigerian, so she was not from Bali. It was wow. the most amazing. Uh, so I love, um, before I used to see facials as relaxing and manicures and pedis, but now no, because I have to do them quite often, sometimes work in a work-related situation. Yeah. But I love travel. The one thing I do enjoy travel. Uh, so 
the nice thing is I can work from anywhere, you know, outside of me having to interact with clients. But now that the online world is open, which I've been wanting to open for the last 10 years, um, <laughs> it's even going to be more amazing. So I'm able to spend a week there or a week there just like working in different environments. Um, but I love traveling. Nigeria is one of my favorite places to, to visit. Um, yeah, but I love traveling. I was just thinking last year, this time we were in Spain. Can you imagine um, how life changes so quickly? Hey, so um, yeah, so I love, I love the continent of Africa. I love to cover each and every corner. Um, but I also love traveling the world because I always say you have to know the world so that you know what you don't want happening in your own country and in your own continent. And also to know where people come from so that they dare not tell you you are less than them because you know exactly where they come from. Absolutely. Thank you very much um, for that. Now, like it is our practice on the leadership conversation with Kemio Gukoya. Uh, we have a riddle. <laughs> Oh my, my brain is not awake. <laughs> oh, this girl. Okay. All right. Let's give it a shot. Okay. So the, the question is this. <laughs> so what is that one um, question that you can never answer yes to? What is that one question that you can never answer yes to? <laughs> Let's give it a shot. <laughs> what is the question that I can never answer yes to? Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't want to be morbid. No, it's like, not. It's not. <laughs> like, the, the only one I'm thinking of is, uh, you know, if I'm dead, like there's no way I can answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, that that's one. <laughs> but then, like, so when you're sleeping, right, you shouldn't be able to say, "Oh yeah, so are you sleeping?" You, you shouldn't answer. Yes, I'm sleeping. If, if you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why my mother, my mother, uh, when I'm visiting home, she was like, "Oh, are you asleep?" And you're like, "I'm sure I was sleeping, but now obviously not." <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. So dead and asleep. Close enough. <laughs> Really, really great one. Thank you very much for that. Um, it's been a great time with you on the show. A uh, lot of learning, a lot of sharing, uh, you know, lo lots of insights. And, you know, I say a big thank you to you. And, um, you know, we look forward to having you again. Uh, but before you go, we would like you to leave us with a parting word, you know, a charge, if I would call it, that we can... Um, that our, our listeners can hold on to um, amidst the other amazing things that you have shared with us today? Uh, oh, well, one thing, I would like to invite them to follow me on 
uh, channel, YouTube channel called Wisdom Personified. Uh, there I try and curate African wisdom. The one thing I've loved since I was a child was quotes. The one thing I find unfortunate is that I'm not quoting enough Africans. Uh, so this channel of mine, I'm trying to interview people, uh, African people that I call wise. So over generations, I hope we will start using those quotes of wisdom um, to, to share knowledge amongst ourselves. But in closing, just to say, as Africans, we are amazing. Until we really understand what that means, we are never going to realize our true potential. So no matter how difficult it is in whatever space you're in, try very hard to be the one that does the right thing, that makes sure that you are looking after other people, not just yourself, and that uh, we bring honor to ourselves as Africans. Well, thank you very much um, for that, Dudum Sumi. We've had a great time with you. We look forward to having you again um, very soon, <laughs> you know, and even hosting you when that same us. All right. So, guys, that's, um, that's it on Leadership Conversations with Kemi Ogunkoya today. Um, you know, I'm sure you've had lots of great insights, lots of learning. Remember, like I always say, that insights without action is useless. Uh, so you should run along with this new insights and start putting them into action. So till we see you again, take care. Have a wonderful week. Bye. You have been listening to Leadership Conversations with Kemi Ogunkoya. Now it is work o'clock. Always remember that insights without action is useless. And just before you go, if you are a high-performing executive or forward-thinking professional or you are an innovative entrepreneur who would like to build smart, visionary, and adaptive leadership skills to do your current job more effectively and seamlessly take on higher positions of leadership, then you should by all means request an introductory session with me at www.relliesworks.com. And together with my team, we will be happy to work with you, your team, or your organization. Also, if you have enjoyed this episode, do me a quick one. Go to relliesworks.com forward slash podcast to leave a public review and share the link to this episode with others. Till I see you again next week, keep the conversation alive.